This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to a new episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I have a recent interview I conducted with actor Patton Oswalt and actor, writer, director James Morosini from the new film, I Love My Dad. Debuting at this year's South by Southwest Film Festival, where it took home the jury and audience awards in the narrative feature competition, I Love My Dad stars Patton Oswalt and James Morosini as an estranged father-son duo. The father, Chuck, is desperate to reconnect with his son, Franklin, and creates a fictional female profile on Facebook and adds his son as a friend. Yes, he catfishes his own son. Through chats, the son develops feelings for this fake profile, and as you might imagine, awkwardness ensues. And trust me, it gets really, really awkward, but in a great way. Morosini not only co-stars in the film, but he's also the writer-director of the project, having mined his own personal experiences with his father for the inspiration of the film. And in our interview, he talks about blending fact with fiction and reliving the slightly cringe experience on the big screen. We also talked to Patton Oswalt about playing the type of father who'd go to these lengths to reconnect with his son. And yes, since I'm a comic book fan, I also ask a bit about his Marvel Studios future. But before I play the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, with that out of the way, here's my interview with James Morrissey and Pat Oswalt from the new film, I Love My Dad. The film is in theaters now and will be available on VOD starting on August 12th. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Hey, Charles. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, <laughs> I want to start. I want to get right into it. Uh, James, great film. Uh, the film starts with kind of a warning, which I'm sure you've seen people ask about all the time. You know, this is based on a true story, blah, blah, blah. I'm curious why you decided to really kind of air out your personal, slightly creepy, weird story for a movie that you're going to write, direct and star in. I've always loved movies where I can tell that it cost the filmmaker something personal to make. Like it, they didn't get away scot-free for making it. Those are the kind of stories where I've always leaned in to um, and, and the kind of creativity I've always been drawn into. Um, I, I feel like telling a story should cost you something and it, it, it forces, because you're asking an audience to give you their attention for, for an extended period of time. And so it should cost you something. And so I, I wanted to tear myself open as much as I possibly could for the telling of this story. And uh, it's definitely uh, scary and I feel very vulnerable doing so, but it, it's, it's, it's high risk and it's also very high reward because I feel like I'm, 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 I'm expressing from my gut with this movie. Yeah, definitely. And and similar, uh, Patton, well, not similar. This wasn't your personal story, but you also are asked to be funny. You're asked to be a bit of a sad sap. 
you're asked to be emotional. There's a lot going on in your role, which seems like something that actors would like eat up. Um, but was there any concern or hesitation to really go there with some of the scenes and really kind of just do whatever is asked of you? Well, there's always that hesitation when it's when it's uncharted territory. And the fact that, you know, I, I was doing a lot of things where you, you're, you're combining a couple of things at once. It's a guy trying to put a very uh, friendly hail fellow well met over uh, like sheen over a, just a lying prick. And so to balance those two things at the same time, took me a little while to get there on a couple of them. And a couple of them, I just I went for it and got very, very emotional uh, especially during the um, the laser tag scene. Um, but again, this is the kind of character that you're playing where he's lying to everybody, including himself. So there's a lot of tension of not showing stuff and not getting that emotional because he's trying to keep these plates spinning. Yeah, yeah. And, and <clears throat> I want to continue asking you about, because you are a guy who can do funny, you can do serious. You've done movies mm -hmm. like Marvel movies. You've done stuff like Big Fan. When a script like this comes across your table, what makes this one where you're like, oh, I need to do this? Uh, I, it was the classic, how are they going to pull this off? It was if I read a script and I am like, I would I just want to see how this movie is going to get made. How are they going to pull this off? If it's a movie that I'd want to see, that's usually a pretty good indication that I should be doing it. And this was definitely in that category almost instantly that's high praise right James um, <laughs> you James you one of the impressive things when you're filmmaking I think is is when people are able to navigate tone um, and this is a movie like like what Patton was alluding to that, that does ride quite a few different tones um, there's almost actually like two different films on one side you got like this cute little coming of age rom-com and then on the other side you kind of have this dark depressing family drama so uh, was there ever a concern about going too far one way or the other with the tone and uh, losing that balance? Balancing the tone was definitely the thing I was trying to do throughout. And I, I wanted to start from a place of neutrality as much as I could and just lay out the story without too much sauce on it in any direction and then have tone be uh, influenced mainly by the character's subjectivity. So when we're with Franklin, in his mind, he is kind of in a rom-com. And, and so I wanted Tone to be uh, coming from that place. And then when we're with Chuck, he's really struggling with this relationship with his son and with his own uh, honesty. And he can't quite figure out how to navigate life. And, and so it is, you know, more, uh, slightly more oppressive when we're with him. Um, and then I wanted to really collide those two tonalities as we as as the as the story got more and more kind of mixed up and intermingled uh, by the end yeah and and keeping with that you also uh this is i think you had mentioned somewhere that this is like discomfort comedy and i i really like that term because uh it's it's something i thoroughly enjoy you know just the cringe factor so was there ever when you're when you're writing or even directing or acting, was there ever a point where you're like, OK, I got to pull back and not push the audience too far into that discomfort? So the reason I love cringe comedy is because so much of in so many social interactions in our lives, we're very uncomfortable, but we're not really permitted to say anything about that discomfort. It's just happening underneath the surface and we have to just bear it by ourselves. So being able to kind of uh, shine a light on that experience and, and 
say like, look how uncomfortable this feels is, is really cathartic to me. Um, and so my goal is in making it, um, I did, I, it needed, I, I wanted to make sure that it always felt uh, emotionally grounded and that it was never cringe for cringe's sake. And that I was never just trying to gross out my audience. I needed it to be subjectively rooted the whole time. And I wanted the audience to really be invested in Chuck's goal, which is to make sure his son is okay. He's really worried. Uh, and I, I wanted to, and as long as we're with him in that, then we have to be faced with these same moral complications that he is and we can't we're just we're not we're never let off the hook which was exciting to me yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and Penn, also it's it's, oh, it's kind of interesting just really quickly to get back to what james was saying a lot of stuff that in this movie yes it is quote-unquote cringe but it is so based on things that people i think have experienced in real life on one level of intensity or another um it, it's i mean not to not to sound like a a, a coffee mug saying but a lot of life is cringe so if you're if you're trying to depict real life on screen there's going to be some oh god that's right i do that <laughs> you know? we're almost relating to it too much it's the same feeling you get yes you look at your facebook posts from 10 years ago and you're like <laughs> oh, oh god i think that was going to make me likable i was so <laughs> about it and 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 so it's like it, it's this feeling of like oh no i'm way more exposed than i think i am uh, that I wanted that I wanted to be playing with throughout. Yeah, I I don't know about you guys, but did anybody have one of those moments where you share like music lyrics on Facebook and you think it's super deep and you just look back oh, and Jesus you're like, Christ. <laughs> I mean, I still will share on Twitter like quotes from books, like a passage that I really really like. But uh, yeah, I yeah, and and there's like that. You share the lyrics and then there's that implied, like, listen to the words, man. And yeah. also, you know, what's, what's bad whenever you're, you're tweeting lyrics, you are always tweeting it at somebody specific, even though you don't say who that is, <laughs> like hoping that they'll read it and go, oh, wow, you really, really nailed me on that one, man. Like, oh. And it's always like a disturbed song or something, right? Like it's never like a really deep, meaningful Beatles hit or something. I mean, so much of what we do is indicating to other people <laughs> the kind of people that we want to appear as while pretending yeah. not what we're doing. And that's yes. what she's doing this whole movie is he and and that's it, it's like too it's too relatable. Like we see ourselves in that and it freaks us out. Yeah. So really? Patton, uh, I got to ask you, cause you're a father as am I, my kid's very little. Yeah. So, uh, but still there's something that happens when you're a father and you watch movies like this, you can like instantly relate and, and put yourself in that position. So with that in mind, can you really say that Chuck is a sympathetic character at all? Or is he, you know, kind of that, that prick that you were saying, like, do you understand on some level what he's doing and how he does it? I don't think he's sympathetic, but I think he's understandable. Um, cause when I say not sympathetic, I can't sympathize because I can't imagine wanting to dodge your kid when they're little, like, especially the best years of being a parent. And you'd want to avoid that makes no, I could never, ever relate to that. But what I could relate to is then realizing way too late that you wasted those decades. And now you're never going to totally, you'll never forever catch up with them, but you can maybe, you know, keep things going uh in a fractured way now that really tore me up that really tore me up and made me feel bad for the guy didn't sympathize with him uh but i totally understood there's a lot of damaged people that that is how they parent and then they find out too late 
oh no, I wanted to be there for you and now I can't. I blew it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't isn't it weird how becoming a parent changes a lot of movies that you used to like? Like it's terrible. By the way, I still I still think Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, I think it's Spielberg's one of his greatest achievements. But the ending when Dreyfus leaves the planet and leaves his kids behind, I'm like, fuck you. I don't understand <laughs> that. And and to my credit, even um, uh, Dreyfus and Spielberg nowadays look at that movie and go, yeah, we were young when we made it. We didn't understand that that's a really shitty thing to do. It, it's almost like a, a light switch goes off and you start yes. viewing everything differently. And and my kid's only 14 months old now, so I'm I'm still new to the game. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 pretty yeah, incredible. It changes everything. It does. So James and also you re- and oh. also you realize how many movies use kids in peril as a device. Yeah. Which uh. I don't think that you should never use kids in peril, but like so over and over, it's a cut, it's a kid that's about to be killed. And that's how the audience is hooked. You're like, that's all you've got to hook me is a kid's about to be killed. It's it's cheap for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um so James, you wrote and directed this movie, but you also are, as we've said, one of the leads opposite Patton here. Um, since this is a personal story, since you're putting yourself out there just in the writing, were you ever concerned that acting in it also would just be too much? Or was there a version of this film where you're like, I need to hire another person to play uh, this character? I was definitely nervous going into it. Uh, Patton and I had a lot of conversations around whether or not we should do this. And we 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 decided to film a scene and we both were yeah. good doing it. And, uh, you know, I mean, Patton... It was it was really a, a privilege to make this with him because he he's so supportive. He's such a generous artist. I never I was I always felt safe. It was intense at times because I'm playing this really shut down character, but then having to be direct and then go back and it's you know I sometimes throughout the process I did feel kind of overwhelmed and stuff. But we 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 you know we figured this out together, and I I'm I'm happy that I had the opportunity to express myself in from all directions um and so i i'm and that i was able to uh kind of pull from personal stuff and and really uh kind of show my i don't know like just live through franklin in in a way uh, from a very particular part of myself yeah and and you have a long history of acting i mean uh your imdb is littered with acting credits for like the last decade so is that something you want to keep doing or now that you've uh got this hit movie are you like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be spielberg i love acting i've been doing it for a long time that said i'm also uh a filmmaker and i I always have been and I've, i've never seen them as mutually exclusive uh it's all about what story is grabbing me and do I feel like I can add something creatively to, to whatever story is either coming internally or, or coming my way as an offer? Uh, and, and that's that's I think what I'm navigating now is I, I want to be able to get whatever get behind whatever I do next with the same degree of commitment and intensity with, that I was with this. Yeah. So Patton, I've got kind of a, a random question, but I think it ties into this because. You recently, recent, maybe in the last year or so, released I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is a docu-series that's a deeply personal docu-series for you. And mm-hmm. and it, I, yeah. I saw it and I was blown away by how open and honest you were in that. Um, oh, now you. that you've worked in, you know, on a film like this, where you're working for a filmmaker who's putting himself out there, you know, yeah. carving out pieces of his soul, it, do you have like a better, uh, I guess, um, 
thought about what it takes to do that now that you've you've been on the other side and you've put yourself under the microscope? I mean, I see the exhaustion that it takes. I see the emotional commitment you have to make every day, especially when you're wearing multiple hats. Um, you know, I don't know if I, at my age, still have the energy to do that. You know, doing, uh, I'll be gone in the dark took a lot out of me. And, it, you know, it's, it, there's, a, there's a risk in when you write, whether you're writing something that actually happened to you and you're being emotionally true to that event, or you're just inhabiting a fictional character that you Right. There's a risk of losing some of your personality to that and some of your own, you know, your own presence can flicker a little bit. It's a risk that writers who go deep take. And um, so, yeah, seeing both sides of it, uh, it, it does makes you thoughtful about it, makes you makes you want to be not as reckless, not as reckless. Yeah. And before I let you go, I only got a couple more minutes. I'm a big comic book nerd and you kind of represent us comic book nerds in a really great way. Um, so recently you finally got your MCU debut as Pip the Troll. And well, but I also had done, you know, well, Shield, yeah. Agents of Shield and Modoc. So, I love you know, Modoc. I've been around. Yeah, yeah. Love Modoc. Um, Thank you. Yes. Uh, but you uh, you recently talked about Eternals, too. So I want to give you a chance to 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 maybe talk a little bit more about that. Is that actually something that you you think? I, I cannot say any further. I'm very sorry. I know. I, I must know. Stay silent. I'm very sorry. All right. Just quickly. Are you excited to be Pip the Troll in the future if given the opportunity? We will see. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. No, I understand. Uh, you're you're not no. my first Marvel Studios rodeo. I get this answer quite a bit. <laughs> and Jane, all right, good. Before I let you go, uh, what are you working on now? And do you have any more embarrassing stories you want to mine for profit? I have many. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making that much profit, uh, but I have many more embarrassing stories. I don't know if I will be making them into movies. Uh, I do have. Uh, movies I've written that I'm really passionate about. And I also have uh, some exciting stuff coming my way that I'm kind of figuring out now. And uh, man, I'm just excited to, to dive into my next thing with, with gusto and with everything that I've learned from this process. That's awesome. So yeah, I want to thank you guys for, for giving me some time and uh, everybody go see, I, I love my dad. It's uh, it's thank cringe, you. but in the best possible way. I guess it's the oh, only thanks, one. man. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate you, man. All right. Have a good Yay. one.